Yeah, so we're talking about the black phone and producers, distributors, just, just understand we do this the last Sunday a month. So if you can time any future releases for like that Friday, it'll be spot on. Just, you know, a bit of consideration. Perfect. We have ones of people that watch this show. So, you know, it'd be well worth your time just to make sure it happens. <laughs> it really would, because then we're still fresh about it. Like, I saw this less than 12 hours ago, so it's still up there. Yeah, because it's not, once it hits one week or two weeks, and you can't go back in and, like, just play it again, you know, it's a hassle. Um, it's hard to remember stuff, but holy shit, was I surprised. Yeah, this was, like, Blumhouse, it's usually hit or miss. Um, like with their original IP, well, original IPs, and goddamn, this one was definitely a hit. Like I was so nervous. There were so many things about this that seemed perfect that it's like, fuck, it is probably gonna suck. You were just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much like right up until the end. I'm like, all right, what? This can't be this good. Um, like, honestly, my only bitch bit with this was the mask. I thought the mask was fucking stupid and pointless. Other than that, this movie was perfect. I like the second mask. There's like three masks in this, isn't there? Um, it's yeah, definitely two different ones. There's three different mouthpieces. Yeah. Um, I like the second one. I would like to get, actually get the second one, the one with the horns. And the... It didn't have the facial expression. I think it was the second time you came down the stairs. Uh, I want that one. No, that was the first time where it was just was the blank mouth. Yeah, the blank mouth one. I like that one. Yeah, that was the very beginning. Like, that was the first time we actually see the mask, I thought. But, yeah, it's... I don't know. I just felt like it was unnecessary. Like, we already know the guy's crazy. Does he really need a mask? I don't know. I like the makeup. Um, anyway, just to give a bit of premise, uh, The Black Phone is a 2021 American supernatural horror film directed by Scott Derrickson. And written by Derrickson and C. Robert Cargill, who both produced with Jason Blum. It's an adaptation from a 2004 short story of the same name by Joe Hill, which I think I want to check that out now. That I've seen uh, this year. Anything Joe Hill, man, I fucking I love that man. Yep. The film stars Mason Thames, Madeleine McGraw, Jeremy Davis, James Ranson, and Ethan Hawke. In the film, an abducted teenager uh, used a mysterious phone to communicate with the previous victims of his captor. I also remember saying you got a very the lovely bone sort of vibe from this, mm-hmm. just with the premise. Yeah, I, I really had big back to the memory banks. I'm like, I know that sounds familiar, but then I see it, and then I remember, oh yeah, I saw it when it came out in 2009. <laughs> yeah, which uh, actually for Peter Jackson after Lord of the Rings, you know, it was a bit, bit of a sort of darker twist, <laughs> you know, bit of a bit of a shock, but. Um, Holy shit, imagine getting child actors right. Yeah. For once. There's not a single kid phoning it in this fucking movie. Oh, they put, Especially the girl, man. She was the one that plays Gwen? Gwen? Yeah, Gwen, amazing. Best actor in the entire movie. Here's the thing. Um, that's how you do female empowerment. Right? That's how you write a strong female character. Without... Yeah, write him as a character. Yeah, you write them as a character, and you don't have to put the message, or you don't have to do fucking uh, stupid, flippy, spinny, perfect everything, bringing Mary Sue types. This is how you write a character, and you want to empower women? There's, there's exactly how you do it. This wee girl right. was fantastic. She would put the majority of adult actresses to shame today. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I wish her the best I, career possible. If this is her standard. Because it's like they wrote her 
dialogue, like how kids really speak. And that was really refreshing because that's one thing that drives me insane with children in movies or television shows is, I mean, I guess because I'm not a parent or anything, I still have that mentality of, oh, it wasn't that long ago as a fucking kid. So when they talk like an adult writing a kid, it just feels wonky. Uh, but yeah, she was fucking amazing in this. And the whole setup, before we actually get, because we all know what the movie's about. Finney, uh, the main character, Finney and Gwen are the two main characters, and it's brother and sister. Um, so the idea is, Finney gets kidnapped, but see on the trailer anyway. So we know where it's going. But see the whole build-up before that, and actually getting the, the background of uh, the area that which they live in, the times they were living in. Um, brilliantly done, and it wasn't yeah, overused. You didn't feel like time was getting wasted. You know why some movies are like, hurry up, get to the point. Mm-hmm. Or hurry up and get to the kidnap scene. Hurry up and get to the flashy thing. This, you could have almost watched this just being a, a storytelling. You know, the way this was written, yeah. this could have just been a piece telling about kids' lives. And it was enjoyable. That's that's how good it was. God, I've waited so long for a movie like this. Just fucking tightly yeah. written. Just tightly written horror movie, you know. Well, that's, it, it was so... Scare, like that was one of the scary parts was like they used a Joe Hill property to go off of and if you know anything about his writing he is uh, he's fantastic like he builds so much story and um, atmosphere and all that stuff with his writing he's a lot like his dad a lot like his mom It's, and I think they paid it off really well in this yeah and that was one of the Main comebacks from this, the same as Sourceful. I'm not 100% familiar with Joe Hill, that's something I need to rectify. Um, yeah, definitely. Brain too much shit lately. <laughs> Getting burnt out. Um, but yeah, um, he's something I definitely want to check out and start adding to this because, uh, God, this is good. If this is an example of his writing and how it's brought to life, more, please. Um, we need more of this in the world. So the whole point. No, it's. it's yeah, check it out. Yeah, um. Starts off with a baseball scene, um, playing against, and they're showing. This is what I liked as well. The, yes, Finney's being bullied, but he's not a weakling, and I like that contrast. He's actually quite accomplished. So he was actually uh, pitching and striking. So he actually got two. He wasn't just being completely useless. He showed himself to be a competent player, which is good to see. It shows it doesn't matter. What level you are, there's always um, predators, always people that bully you. Um, and that's how some kids don't get a chance to shine their light because, you know, they get beaten down. And probably because he's uh, accomplished. You know what I mean? If you make any waves in the world, somebody wants to tear you down. That's just okay. human nature, you know what I mean? The several little shit wheels just can't let you be. That Because you're doing something and showing them up, that's why you become a target. And then bullies are all the same. The fucking... They're great when they're in a gang or a gaggle or have the upper hand, but once you sign up them, they, they fall apart. Yeah, God, dude. <laughs> that that second fight when Gwen shows up, yeah. Man. Oh man, <laughs> want to talk about that? That oh, good. proper actual fighting, but we see um, Bruce. Yep, was the guy. Um, he was the first. We see getting kidnapped. So after the baseball game, basically, we see Bruce. He gets taken. Um, and then it's, uh, then we find out, you know, in the school and stuff, this has been going on for a while. So at this stage, 
I think he's the fifth kid to go missing. Um, the fourth or fifth, yeah, I think he's the fifth kid to go yeah, missing. He's no, he's the fourth, sorry. No, no, yeah, he's the fourth, because Robin's next. Yeah, this is where I'll have a go. <laughs> Honestly, um, that, that'd be uh, Rocket Light Pen. I needed that in the cinema to start taking notes. <laughs> Freaking. <laughs> as you're going through, it's like, eh. <laughs> start annoying people with being there to review. That's a problem with going to the cinema to review, because you're like, you have to like, try and take it all up at once. <laughs> Just remember all the sequences. That's something I never really thought of being a side effect of, you know, the whole pandemic thing, is relearning how to watch a fucking movie in the theaters. Because <laughs> got so used to doing it at home that it's like you could take a piss break and not miss anything. You can mm -hmm. get up and go grab some food when you run out of it. You can sit there with your phone or a notebook and make notes while doing it. It's, yeah, it's such a weird way to think. You have to learn how to do it all over again. Yeah, especially when you get in with the premise or reviewing a movie, you're you're of a different actual mindset. I, I don't think it takes away the to me it doesn't take away the enjoyment. It just makes me pay more attention. So I have watched thousands of movies. I've lost count, but you know what I mean. I've just realised since starting this podcast that uh, I've went into so many movies and just watched it and took nothing in and remembered nothing and maybe seen it years later and like barely remembered it from the first time, if that makes sense. Yeah. Where over the last couple of years, like we've been going at this near three years now, um, you're actually sitting and you're you're looking at every scene, you're taking things in. It's uh it's interesting, it's a completely different experience actually when you're going to theatres now, but then theatres, you're live, <laughs> you've got your one shot and they just want to pay another freaking stupid amount of money. <laughs> yeah. For fucking that that was my experience. That was if I was to bitch about anything about this movie other than the mask, it's my popcorn didn't have butter because there's a fucking shortage. It's bullshit. That's madness. It, it really is. Nah, it's not like there's a shortage of dairy farms, but there's uh, there's weird shit going on at the moment. And, you know, it's mm -hmm. crisis after crisis. You know, what I mean, here's the next one. Ah, panic. Ah, here's the next right. thing. I'm like, fuck off, you weirdos. Back to yeah. I don't give a shit. I'd be like me, I'd be like me sitting here controlling everybody in my neighbourhood, wondering what they're doing right now. No, I wonder what the person over on that street's doing. I better go make sure they're not up to anything. Fuck off! You have to be seriously something wrong with you. If that's the way you're thinking, I have to control the population, make sure they're doing everything. No, if things aren't being set on fire, burned, blown up, shot, and there's enough money to make infrastructure work, fuck off. In fact, enjoy having an easy life. Right. But these fucking weirdos that are like just messing everything up just for the sake of it because they're I, I don't know man that's Karen's real world right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so we found in the neighborhood anyway the the story of the grabber he's known as and has been going on for a while. So yeah, four kids at this point. There's uh, missing persons posters up and like anything, um, yeah, there's a shock and stuff when it happens. But then it, it's all went into urban myth. So it's been going on for a while. I didn't get the exact time period. I know it hasn't been like a short period of kids going missing. Yeah, I didn't really... I mean, it's set up that it's in 1978. Mm -hmm. But other than that, you don't really get a sense of time. You get a vague sense of time. Uh, like when Gwen was making comment of, oh, he's back at putting posters up again. It's like, this is not the first time that we're seeing posters of Bruce... Uh, 
was it Yamamata or some shit? Like yeah. That? Um, so there's obviously been a bit of time since he first went missing, and then it's got to the point where he's getting forgotten about, and then the parents are going out doing it again. So this whole thing's happened over a time period, which makes sense because if four kids go missing within like a week of each other, yeah, you you'd be uh, wired up for that. There, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's obviously been enough uh, time left between each kidnapping. So whatever the serial killer's cycle is, uh, it's enough that it's still he's come into ur- urban myth. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's enough time that's actually built into the culture, and this has been beautifully played. You know, it's it's shown that it's enough times went that it's and part of the culture, but it's still a shock when it happens. So there's not yeah. too much time apart. But the police are still, the police have got a, you know, in the case it went cold from last time, so there's not that full alert, which would be foolish, you know, if you're, I, if you want to, not them telling people how to go and kidnap kids, because that's not my thing. If it's your thing, um, you need to kick out the balls. <laughs> I don't even like kids, but fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't like kids, just leave them alone, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, so the cases have enough time to go cold, so the state of alert isn't there when he strikes again, so it's been going for a long time, and it's actually built into the it's almost like Stephen King you know where he has like the depression written in the area but I think Joe Hill's done it you know he hasn't copied Stephen King but it's the only comparison I can think of the way Stephen King writes about how the area mm. but yeah um, he's actually written that that it's actually affected the area and everyone's been tainted by it and I thought that was really good the way this has played out Ah, uh, kids in the like I'm just remembering this is like no I mean this is the same time as me growing up and stuff. Um kids were brutal. Uh, it seems like your side of the pond as well as mine. Like kids were there's like almost they're almost feral. It's the only way to describe them because I've lost count when I was a kid up to secondary school when I got the shit kicked out of me with wanting to ban them. I mean mm-hmm. kids were that bad actually, if they could kill you they would. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh there was uh quite a few times it came that close with me either on my end or on their end like I mean shit it was fucking elementary school like I want to say third grade I was taking knives to school because of how bad shit was I never got to the point of taking weapons thankfully but um for my worst was somebody took an iron bar to my head you know what I mean and I, mm-hmm. that, you know what I mean and it was over nothing but that was yeah. just this is shown yeah, see I wasn't lucky enough to have the over nothing stuff my problem is either you know, oh, it's the fat kid, oh, it's the nerdy kid, or oh, it's the fucking mutt kid, because you know, not white. And that's the kind of neighborhood I live in. Oh, well, the backdrop of my country's slightly different. <laughs> a wee bit more extreme growing up in Belfast in the 80s. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, you had all that. A just a little bit. Uh, so basically, there was, um, I think I got mentioned in the news once or twice, you know, and there's a few things. So that whole backdrop, you know, I mean, there's no way nobody ha- anybody had a normal childhood. Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. <laughs> let, let me just put it this way. The UDA recruited op- openly outside my school. That's how bad it was. It was a, known as a YCV, Young Citizen Volunteers, but it's basically the youth branch of the local paramilitaries. <laughs> Fuck, you know what I mean? That's how rough my neighbourhood was. That's fucking crazy. So there was just the levels of deprivation. And because I didn't go out throwing bricks and petrol bombs and stuff, yeah, and I actually read books, that was me. I was a snob. I was a nerd. So that was me instantly a target. And then I was actually, I've always been a big chunky lad. Problem was when I was younger, I didn't understand my strength. 
Mm-hmm. So, and I was always putting the meat, not the bean. I got the whole back. Right, like my parents just had me rough and tumble. I might have been fine. But I was always told to hold back. Don't get into trouble. Don't do this. You know, stay away. So I, I was, in fact, alienated from an early age. So I can actually empathize with Finney's character. Because mm-hmm. oh, yeah, just in that slight bit different, and without being noticeably so, but just the, the herd can tell when you're not one of them. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, fuck, I, I relate to the character so well because, I mean, that was me. Like, I was so goddamn scared to fight back that I could take a punch. And I never realized that that was, you know, that's half the fucking battle is knowing how to get punched in the face and get back up. That's actually what yeah, frightens them more. I, really I, I realized that later on when you actually get back up, mm-hmm. that actually frightens a bit more because they think they're knocking you down and you're going to be simple, but you've actually got to the point where, yeah, okay. And it doesn't have the fact that actually sends them into a frenzy. It's weird, but we see this all play out. We see, um, these three kids in particular are Target and Finney. Mm-hmm. And it was only when Robin shows up. Uh, he was like, the school. We see the fight with him first. This big kid decides that to pick on. Mate, there's. There's fucking adult fight scenes that are shit today. Yeah. That don't even. This was. I mean, this is brutal, visceral, blood, gut. I mean, all I had to do is crunch a bit of bone. For real, to make it more realistic, this was proper fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, especially that hesitation where he's like, "Fuck, he's down. Is this enough?" Nah, I gotta prove a point, and then just starts going again. It's like, fuck, fuck. Yeah, and you get that if somebody's, you know, what I mean, if somebody's down, you have to put them out. You know, what I mean, you have to. If somebody's making your life, you have to leave that point. If you're at that stage where you're actually in a fight and it's never going to stop. You gotta make sure that person's down and doesn't get back up, and the points be made that yeah. you're left alone. Because if there's a bit of a, nah, he got it, he only got the upper hand this time, uh, you know, and then people start shit talking. Mm-hmm. Like the ones, the worst ones to me are not the ones that fight; it's the ones that stand the sidelines and cheer. Oh, and they they just want to see blood. They don't care who's who's it is. That's the fucking old Ro- uh, Roman Colosseum. Like I mean, that's that fucking mentality. Of- you know, like, oh, we're safe, so fuck this person. Yeah, it's the same now. You see it in social media. It's just played out differently. Yeah. The same shipheads will flip a coin. No, I mean, at the moment, it's all skewed one side, and it's the left going after the right. If I say the pendulum will swing, now, those that ideologically believe in what they are, they'll stay the same. But it's the fuckwits. It's the ones that are the fair weather fans. They're the ones I absolutely despise, because the minute the pendulum swings and the power goes in the other direction... Most of these fuckers that are cancelling people and making their lives in misery will just flip to the other side. Mm-hmm. So the ones that were, you know, taking part in satanic panic and fucking hounding people out for playing D&D will be exactly the same ones that will go after the commies, that are going after the alt-right Nazi. You know what I mean? It's these snivelling shit weasels that just change with the window. They'll delete their profiles, they'll bring up a new one, and they'll just go after them because they just want to hunt. Yep. But they're not brave enough to do it themselves, so they have to hide behind somebody else. And that's that was scene was played out so well in this fight. Mm-hmm. Of not the two that were doing it, because in the end the kid committed himself. He knew he was going up against somebody tough. He knew he was probably going to lose. Because this guy Robin had already built a reputation. Mm-hmm. And this kid was trying to obviously step up. So in fairness to that kid, you know, and that's part of Norm anyway. That's that's the animal kingdom, and we are animals. Yeah, you know, 
someone will go after the alpha try and make their play so that's what he did he made his play he lost but this guy robin made that decision you just see it you see it ticking over as well and it actually makes sense why he did it so it wasn't even a personal hatred or uh, what is it like? Um, he wasn't going psycho. It was actually cold and calculated. Yeah, no. This movie's going to unsettle so many people. There's so going to be so many melting snowflakes. There was times where I was fucking like getting uncomfortable, and that doesn't happen very often. Like it was great. <laughs> and this isn't even. That's what I mean. This isn't even the main part of the story. Mm -hmm. This is just a setting, and it's. Fucking brilliant. I could watch an hour of this. Mm -hmm. This could be a TV yeah. show of just two kids growing up and like playing with psychic powers. If it was done in that setting, fuck, I'd, I'd watch it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like five seasons of this shit all year up. Yeah, um, but that whole thing, and then he's coming in afterwards. Uh, we see Finney get chased into the bathroom. So it's all happening around about the same time. Mm -hmm. So these three wee pricks. Um, they're looking, they, they know they're not in that league, if that makes sense. That's a big league. It's the ones that the center two pummeling each other. I've got the respect of the whole school. These three dipshits don't. They're fucking bottom feeders. They're, I uh, don't know what animal to equate them to, but they're mid-level predators. They're going after small fry. So they decide to go after Finney. <laughs> Robin just casually walks in after the fight, you know. And that's, that's the beauty of it. The teachers aren't getting involved. You know what I mean? That's the way it used to be. Fucking kids would just fight it out. That's how it used to be. Like, as long as there weren't weapons and someone didn't die, it's just like, uh, whatever, kids. Yeah, it's a fucking bloody nose. Get over it, you know. Busted lip. Fucking end of story. Nowadays, it's, you hurt my feelings. Really, dickhead? That's what, um, not to bring politics, but I don't know if you've seen me post recently, because they keep, they brought up the insurrection again. <laughs> I just slapped my balls off. Right, so they've been bringing up, oh, the insurrection when America nearly got taken over by 20 people shouting loudly. And I, I showed a picture of Michael Stone, who's a local paramilitary who tried to take over Stormont. <laughs> and he actually was armed, and he got taken down by security guards. If it happened in America, he'd have taken over the country. <laughs> That's how weak it's... and fucking pathetic, you know what I mean, people are now. It's like, you could lock the doors, fucking insurrection over, you know what I mean, just stop using hyperbolic language. Bunch of white men. Like if it wasn't a bunch of white men, it would have been. It wouldn't have even happened. They would have just been mowed the fuck down. Yeah, it's, that was. Uh, but it just showed. That was the day that this country officially fucking died. <laughs> You're kind of like fuck off. That's not. That's about a bunch of shitty people. And like realistically, if there had been any danger, they wouldn't have been alive. You know. I just don't get it. All I had to do was lock doors. They push through a buyer, fucking, you just see them buyers getting pulled aside almost, you know. A couple of security guards, fuck off. But this thing, these kids could take over the government right now. Because they're willing to throw a punch and take a punch. Those two kids that were fighting could take over the government right now. That's how weak people are. <laughs> That's my comparison, not taking sides, but it's just the patheticness of people now. Um, they forget that we are part of nature. And that includes the not fluffy parts as well. We're a brutal species. And this was played out so beautifully in these scenes. Yeah. And then, like I said, the kids are going after Finney, going to the toilets, and Robin just casually walks in. <laughs> so he hasn't been he hasn't been hauled out by security guards or this is before they had security guards and fucking metal detectors and shit in schools. 
But um, he just casually walks in, fucking washes the blood off his knuckles, <laughs> fucking duct tape himself, you know what I mean? Makes you a bandage, and he just tells him, touch him, and you're dealing with me. Uh, brilliant scene, like, just shows how, and that's why this is going to really disturb people. This, this alone, just that casualness, mm-hmm. the violence, but that's that's what it was. Yeah, it's just um, kids went around packs. So it was all about uh, establishing the packing order, and it was just done this way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he tells the kids basically to piss off, and they, they do it. And then I think was it just after this when he gets grabbed because he was the last one. Yeah, with the five kids. After that, that he got grabbed. Um, but so basically, right after that, that's when um, the whole build up of the sort of urban legend aspect of the grabbers built up and then uh, yeah that's when he gets snatched on his way to like this store or some shit yeah so it was uh, built. When, when did the police come to talk to Gwen was it before or after this um, it was before because she was talking to the um, Bruce's sister about the dream that she had about him being abducted and shit so that got back to the police and they're like hey man you're talking about some black balloons being left that's a thing that's never been released to anybody like the Mm -hmm. police are the only ones to know that so how the fuck you know is there a leak in the the department or do you know something we don't like they were they were freaking the fuck out on her yeah which was understandable but um this is where the other side of things because sorry just like i said when you watch it once and it's still still fresh but at the same time haven't chronologue the whole movie bit by bit this is a really packed there's like three different storylines going on okay and the grabber is actually the lowest tier storyline if that makes sense Mm -hmm. because we've got the whole dynamics of the time and the bullying and the power i mean that that's a story in itself then we've got gwen and her abilities which seem to have been passed down from her mother Mm -hmm. and that is coming to that's a whole storyline itself so you've got these parallel storylines running and any other movie that's been attempted, this would just be a convoluted mess. But this story doesn't do that. What was fascinating, um, the director, uh, Scott Derrickson, he walked away from the, one of the Marvel movies. Uh, Doctor Strange too. So he was already on board and then he walked away part way through that movie over creative differences. And the other guy that he's working with held back on this movie until he was finished anyway. So this movie wasn't going to get made till he was done with that. But he ended up leaving that movie early. Because you can see the way he's uh, put this movie together. He, he's sick and tired of CGI things hitting each other a hundred times. And no, uh, you know, no uh, consequence. Mm-hmm. No, you know what I mean? I think he's sick of these multiple boring movies that just are like a conveyor belt. Um, no, I've talked about that. So. Yeah, I mean, so, but that's that's brave as well because if you're just the, uh, that's why I want to look into this director a bit more because it seems like he has a bit of integrity. So he's more interested in actually creating the product, you know, and actually telling the story right than just churning out stuff to get a paycheck, which is admirable in this day and age. Oh yeah, definitely. Because I'd fucking sell out <laughs> in a heartbeat. Yeah, I just like give it, but I'd want enough money so I don't have to get involved again. So if I ever created a property that was sellable, I'd be like, okay, I need this amount so I don't ever have to come back. 
and disappear, you know what I mean? And never create anything again. I'd be happy. You're like, okay, you do what you want. I, I just need enough money to become Radagast. That's it. Yep. Some old weird hermit in the woods. That's, that's all the money I need. With modern amenities. Mm. I like electricity. I like washing. I like plumbing and washing. That's the thing. No, I don't like shit piled up everywhere. That's uh, something that sets me off. Um, yeah, so if I, if I can keep the place clean, tidy, and not worry about, uh, what do you call them, septic tanks, fucking building up a shit everywhere. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, electricity and a proper plumbing. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's, that's all I need. If I have that, I can easily bypass everything else. Crack on. And find plenty to do in my time. Especially if it involves animals. Um, so yeah, after this comes up, the police come speak to Gwen, and then that's where she gets an absolute her arse tanned. Dude, that was fucking brutal. Oh man, that's, um... Holy shit, that was the scariest part of the fucking movie. It's like, I lived that. <laughs> oh yeah, so have I. That fucking, that was it. You got that. Even schools, we have corporal punishment in school. So your teachers would fucking yeah. wheel into you? Well, as you know, I'm an old fart, so... <laughs> and... Northern Ireland kind of... Uh, was a bit backward behind everywhere else, so changes were being made in the rest of the UK. Northern Ireland's like about 10 years behind. Because <laughs> it's not nice little bubble. But yeah, you got tanned. You you messed up, you got tanned. I remember my granddad, and he was... He was worse than my parents. And there was no reason for it. You know, it was like... Fucking something happened. Fucking... The belt came out, you're like, what the fuck? Yeah, but that's the way they did this scene. But once again, the father isn't an abuser. This was done out of fear, and it's actually, uh, and that's where like I, I think modern audiences are going to have a problem with this movie because there's too much to unpack. It's not just simply let out for them. Oh, this is a bad guy. No, this is a broken man who lost his wife because of these abilities. Actually, made her commit suicide. Yeah. And this guy is actually terrified of losing his kids and fear of abandonment or loss is one of the most um, toxic emotions. Oh yeah, will fuck you up. You know, and this is being displayed out. I mean, he is battling her. You will not do this again. You're not going away. You know, it all comes out. You're not going away, your mother. And we've seen a few scenes where he's drunk. You know, I mean, and uh, it was the first scene where she goes off to somebody for a Friday night. And even between them, just like, yeah, I'll look after Dad, you know. He's passed out drunk and he... Like, what a way to live. But that was not... That was not abnormal. It's still not abnormal now, it's just... I, fucking, that was my childhood. And I bet it was a billion other people's fucking childhoods. Mm-hmm. Um... But you see this whole scene played out. And it is horrific, you know. But then it actually is used as a storytelling device, not just shock factor. I think that's what makes this so different. Uh, it's not just done for shock or to go bad guy. All fathers are bad, you know what I mean? It's effectively a single parent as well. So the the lines are blurred, if that makes sense. Yeah. And things are complicated. Yeah, that's the nice thing. Is it builds layers on the characters. It's like, yeah, from the surface, like... Fuck this guy. He's a piece of shit. Somebody deserves to kill him. But then you start to understand why he feels that way, and it's like, nah, he's still a bad person, but he's not 
as bad? Yeah, they just can't, you know what I mean? Men have never been taught to deal with emotions, you know, and grief and loss, especially in the 70s, fucking hell, that was never spoken of. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, absolutely no way, that's all you do, you get drunk. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That was just, you see, that's your typical working class man, you know, which is why I hate the way working class men get demonised when you don't give people the tools and you create stigmas and then you expect certain behaviours. Yeah, exactly. You know, fuck off. <laughs> Once again, that's why I think the general audience is going to be like, <laughs> when it comes to this movie. But yeah, after this, then this is when Robin uh, gets abducted. Mm-hmm. So after this all plays out, then Robin gets abducted and fuck, that's what hits. Let me let me take a uh, aside uh, yep. real quick on this. Like the abductions before, um, uh, oh my god, why am I blanking his name? Uh, Finney. Like mm-hmm. the, all the abductions before he gets pulled, so great because it doesn't show anything. Uh, now, I mean, of course, if you'd watched the trailers, you saw uh, how he gets abducted, kind of. But like, it leaves that little bit of a mystery. As yeah. To how it, it happens. You see the man. You see character but that's it you don't see anything else um so i i thought that was pretty like he leaves the mystery there yeah because the whole point is this story is centered around finney's character and him going through the experience so if you play everything out like paint by numbers which so many movies do you know which is why i get bored and fed mm-hmm. up and frustrated um yeah you're telling a story you're building suspense like i'm i'm actually on the edge of my seat i know what's coming because before I we know what the base of the story, but I'm still not expecting it. Oh yeah. And that kidnap scene was fucking brutal. Like, how the hell they're able to do that with a child actor in this day and age? You know, show that like level of aggression. Like he was being manhandled. Because right. <laughs> and even the way it starts out, you know, um, drops the bags and strange danger. We've seen that before. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Kids are worried, but back then it wasn't a thing because people I think most people still didn't lock doors. You know, I mean, in your neighborhood, you knew who your neighbors were, you trusted people, it just wasn't a thing. But this is, the, you know, what I mean, so that's why it was so shocking as well when it happens. But this guy just plays it and he grabs it. And I don't know what the hell was in the canister, mm-hmm. but even the way he spread the canister in his mouth, like that was like, even the act that out, like that's proper physical acting, yeah. And doing that with a kid as well, like that's fair play to these kids. Honestly, I'll, I'll say that again. Fair play to these kids. I really hope they maintain their talent and have long careers. I'm excited to see what they do next. Because even him acting that and being able to, you know, being. Because I think if you're allowing something to be done physically to you for the sake of a scene, like you're committed. Where, like I said, you see so many now and all they're basically doing is posing on set. And they're going under no physical strength or, or, you know, any physical stress whatsoever. And it's all done in front of a green screen. And it actually reminds me back, remember The Abyss? No, it's a sci-fi movie. Right, so the cast actually were traumatised filming that. Because of the way um, it was done underwater in the tank and stuff. And the temperatures. And they were actually physically hurting. And same as Evil Dead, when Evil Dead was first, you look at those interviews. Like, those actors were brutalised, but oh, yeah. they believed in Sam, the creator's vision, but the cabin, the cold, uh, the fake blood, and uh, 
I've seen uh, what's her face out of Ashford's leave there, Dana talking about the not when the blood goes on, but when it dries, it actually physically hurts. You don't see that with mainstream movies. You don't see that with a lot of things. Actually, actors put themselves under physical hurt. They take a lot of roids and get jacked up and then they dance around the screen. But, you know what I mean? Right. Fucking, that's why you switch off now for most movies. It's like, not invested. But this this had me invested. Even that, just that simple kidnap scene. No special effects. Just camera work and acting. Yeah, well, and the, the thing that blew my mind too is like, I honestly just to build the suspense and shit, but I think it was more successful by just being so fast and brutal. Yeah, because you wouldn't be spending 20 minutes. You want to see a magic trick? Ah, fuck you. Come on, I got you. And then yep. like, Jesus Christ, he got him. Just a gap, boom, door closed. Because that's how quick this guy has to operate, if you think about it logically. He wouldn't be spending 20 minutes dancing around. It'd be fucking boom. Done. Away. That's why he's successful, because he, he doesn't hang about. But yeah, um, so he knocks the kid out. I don't know what was in that canister, how he was using it, but fucking hell, just even the way, that, like, almost choking him out, using a spray. Like, that was brutal. Oh, yeah. Um, even, you know, there isn't much blood in this movie. No, but the scene, like, I, that was the first thing I was talking to my wife about on the way home last night, was just the level of uh, gore. There's not much, but what is in there is so effective. Um, and they even hold back. Like the scene at the end, I would get to. Like it was just so well played that it just made it that much more brutal. Mm hmm. And just the, you know, what I mean, I think the sharp shock of the violence in it, the way it was played out, is just, you know, what I mean, I, I, it's been a while since I've been like, <gasps> in a movie. It's been so long, I've missed it. You know, what I mean, even this kidnap scene, and then he, he wakes up, he's in the basement. Um, were have we missed anything in between? No, it goes straight to that, doesn't it? He, he gets kidnapped and he no, goes yeah, straight into the basement. Pretty much it. I mean, there, there's been a bunch of like little, you know, uh, back and forth moments, but that's about it. Yeah. So it just get, takes him straight, and then he's in the basement. That's where he meets the grabber. Mm -hmm. Um, grabber. Busy introduce themselves, you know, I'm not going to hurt you, blah, blah, blah. Oh, oh yeah, he, the way he stabbed him with the, the pen, the, oh, yeah, the rocket yeah. pen. So that's, okay, that's thing too about this movie, and I understand suspension of disbelief. So I, it took me out for a split second the first time I saw it, but it's like, it's 1978. Why the fuck would this kid have an LED flashlight that's also apparently die cast? I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, um... I don't know, there's also weird toys. Remember toys were made out of lead and stuff, you know what I mean? People didn't give a shit. Yeah. No, I mean, there was like, dangerous toys out there. Yeah. Um... But, I suppose he had to have a tool. And he wasn't, um... I'm glad that they didn't build it, that he's carrying a knife with him. Yeah, because that but, wouldn't have made sense. Even though he's getting bullied and stuff, it didn't make sense, you know what I mean? It wouldn't, it would go the wrong direction, so it was an innocuous tool, and they just happened to make it that it was useful. And the fact that he let him keep it as well was a bit... Yeah, that was, uh, that was a straight-up power move. Like, oh, yeah, I don't give a fuck, you stabbed me with that, and it makes me mad, but, nah, go ahead and keep it, because I'm going to fucking kill you anyways. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and ultimately, I think he was hoping that he'd use it again because uh, later on we find out about the the naughty boy. Oh yeah, that oh, god, that, that would have just expedited the process. Yeah. Um, so this goes on. There's stuff happens in between. So this is where we go back because we get that introduction. He's down there. Does the phone ring? The ring, phone doesn't ring the first time. It's the next thing. But in between that, we now start to see Gwen. Yeah, this is what her. Oh God, her and Jesus. Oh my God, that was that was so funny. Dude, <laughs> everybody in the fucking theater was losing their shit anytime she did one of her like witty things. Like, which is like, fuck you, Jesus. Are you even real? Everybody just lost it. So goddamn good. So she's got this wee thing, a doll's house, opens up, and then it's, um, cause he's in our city, so we've got the cross and Mary figure and stuff, not in the picture of Jesus, so <laughs> she's, she's kneeling down. Okay, Jesus, you keep giving me these dreams, right? I need to find my brother, what the hell? Yeah, <laughs> so good. Like, that wee actress is brilliant. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, if she doesn't end up having, like, a fruitful career after this, I would be very surprised. No, she needs that. It's the same as uh, Mackenzie, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those two, you know I mean, there's another wee upcoming star. As long as they don't get their heads minced. Mm -hmm. That's that's a frightening thing. As long as they don't, Hollywood doesn't mince their heads. And actually lets them, we've got stars in the making here. Because mm -hmm. at the moment we don't, we have a load of shitheads. Who yeah. are just bland. But these, these kids can actually act. Which gives me hope for the future. Cause yeah, definitely. I was feeling completely despondent for a while or just like fuck is this it? it's just going downward spiral mm -hmm. on movies um, yeah so she's starting to uh, get these dreams and she's trying to actually encourage it now despite mm -hmm. what her father says because I think this is what the turning point in their relationship because now Finney's been taken he's like lost on the game so he's actually flipped the dime so to speak so this whole second storyline picks up um it's funny the way the police are almost coming to her reverently now, rather than, like, some yeah, weird kid. Fuck you, little girl. How did you well, find out? Well, this is the fifth kid, so... <laughs> we gotta do something. Yeah, um, actually plays into the whole... Do you know why, for a while, um, psychic mediums were used by the police? Oh, yeah. And that became a whole gruff game, but... Mm -hmm. I'm still... I, I, I honestly still... Uh, I haven't seen anything myself to say it is true or not. At the same time, we all have perception and there's some people can pick up more than others. Now, I don't believe, like, there's a lot of charlatans out there, that's a problem. And I don't believe actually talking to ghosts and dead and stuff because, as we all know from horror movies, ghosts are retards and can't speak anyway. So, how can somebody come and speak? Most ghosts are like, bah, 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 bah. Mate, just... Point to the thing and I'll help you out. But I know I'm a ghost. I'll go scare the kid while I'm covering him gore for my murder. Yay! Yeah. That'll work. That'll that'll solve the crime and get me help. I mean, it worked in this one. <laughs> yeah, um, it's actually a different way they did this. So, um, so like I said, we have this other scene playing out. Gwen's starting to get the dreams, trying to figure it out, getting herself frustrated. She's actually good around her bike and stuff, like around the neighborhood yeah, at nighttime. So the, the dreams, like, that was set up even before Finney was gone. Um, and he set it up real well, like, mm -hmm. her abilities with the dreams. Because right after um, 
Robin gets kidnapped. I mean, this is like one of Benny's only friends. And he's like, hey, man, can you use your dreams to find out where the fuck he is? She's like, it doesn't work that way. Oh, well, can you try? So, like, just that little conversation totally set up how she does all this. Yeah, sorry, I kind of forgot that, but like I said, just, uh... <laughs> um... Well, there's a lot to unpack. And that's the crazy thing, too, because on paper, there really isn't that much. But a lot of this is atmosphere. A lot of this is suspense building. And it's, like... They did a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just love it. Like I said, this, this is definitely one for a second or third watch. You know, Yeah. I don't think you'll get more yeah, from it each time. Yeah, I'll, I'll be buying this one when it comes out. Yeah, for sure. definitely. Um, I don't ban the mask. I don't care if you don't like it, but that mask needs to appear here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Just to annoy you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like the I didn't like the whole separating bit. That was a bit annoying, but I liked the full, the full one. I, I understood the separation because dude's broken, so he couldn't show emotion, except for like through the mask. But I don't know. It just to me it was like, oh, we hired Tom Savini to do something, but we don't have anything for him to do. I know. Let's have him make a mask. It's like it wasn't. Yeah, that's gonna be done without it, you know. I get it. Even with the makeup, you know, the white makeup and stuff, and the clowns. Oh god, that was fucking scarier than the damn mask. Yeah, that was actually uh, really well done. Mm-hmm. Like just gonna, you know, I mean, um, enjoyed it. But um, Ethan Hawke has a really good role as well. He isn't just typical. Um, like he's minimalist in his appearances and the character, so and he's not overhammering it. Yeah. He does just enough to make it freaky. But yeah, so we've got this whole thing. Uh, Gwen's trying to solve the problem her end. We never talked about the fight scene. Sorry, Nip. Hmm? We never talked about the fight scene before um, Finney actually gets kidnapped. We were going to. Oh, yeah. Shit, oh, we're about to leave out the best part of the movie. Of, you know. Christ. He is just getting his ass handed to him. Because, of course, his. Once Robin got kidnapped. Leave the power vacuum and these wee dipshits, not even being horrified by the fact somebody got kidnapped and not know they're like, here's my opportunity, we can get this wee fucker. Yeah, like they were going to town on him and then for fucking Gwen to just show up all Rambo style with a rock. <laughs> like, it's so good. But also, it wasn't done in your typical Mary Sue type. You know what I mean? She didn't come in fucking flippy spinny martial arts and they all fell yeah, down. She, she got her. Yep. And that scene at the end, like she brains one of them with a rock. Like proper. And you just see the way she did it with the anger and stuff on her face. That's my brother. Fucking crunch. You know, you believed it. Oh, yeah. And for the kids to do this. And then the beautiful scene where, like, she gets bested and she just scoots off to the side next to the other guy. And it's just like, that's where they are until the fight's over. It's like, god damn. Like, that's. Yeah, both of them are just. Real life. Yeah. If you've ever been punched, you know what I mean? You you do see stars for a minute, you know, and if you get proper crack around the head, you know what I mean? It's it's not fun. <laughs> Sorry, activists, I know you don't actually get into fights. You sit and go, meh, 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 feelings. But this is actually what happens if you do get a dig in the chin. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Like, and those kids were, the hatred... For no, I mean, there's no actual reason because I've never seen any interaction between Finney. He's just somebody that's decided to target. Yeah. 
But the way they're kicking the shit out of him is proper. They they don't care if he died. They wouldn't care. Do you know what I mean that's the trajectory their lives are going, and you can just see it in that moment? Yeah. Finney's not a threat to them. They're not. In fact, Finney is. Um, he's almost invisible. Mm-hmm. He's not the type in the school where everyone's pointing to. So him getting picked on doesn't give the bullies any more status. Mm-hmm. And he's not up the ranks, where you know by taking him out, let's say move up. So he's actually a nobody. Yeah. We'll see he can play baseball a bit and he's actually quite accomplished, but not enough to make an impact because in the end Bruce still was a superstar. And when he gets briefly looked at, you know, for those two strikes and then the fact that Bruce had said him gone, he's back into the shadows again. Mm-hmm. So these kids are just out to destroy him for no reason whatsoever. That's and I think that's what makes it so um, real and what hits home because that's that's what a lot of these guys are like. There's no logical reason. You try and unpack why these the kids get on, I guess, but there isn't a reason. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't try to this whole thing at the moment of trying to make the villain the hero or the anti-hero is boring as fuck. It really is because some people are just fucking people. Yeah, and that's it. They're just straight up decades, and yeah. they're. Doesn't matter what their backgrounds are or trying to give them the backstory and excuses, that's just the way they are. If they've grown up in a mansion, had everything, they'd still be a dickhead. Just some people are like that. And you gotta remember that in this day and age. Yeah. Uh, people are trying to like bury that under the under the sofa, so to speak, or under the rug. You know, it's like piss off. That's this is like this has been the most true movie I've seen in so long. Yeah, that, yeah. that fight scene. Well this I mean, really honestly, this movie was very reminiscent of uh, like 1960s, 1970s horror, where it's just like so surreal with how true to life it is. Yeah, and that's that's always the best horror stuff that's grounded in reality, even supernatural, because this is a supernatural horror, believe it or not. But so far, up until the first, which we're going to talk about now in a wee second, but up until that first phone call, there's no supernatural element in this. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, the dreams could be interpreted any way, you know. But it's not actual supernatural, the dead trying to reach out. So this movie has managed to be a horror movie and gripping and tense even before we get to the first scene. And the first scene is what I'm going to talk about now. We'll go back to Finney who's in the basement. Uh, the grabber brings down some food. And he's all, what did you put in it? Salt and pepper? You know, even the way he maybe I did, maybe I didn't. You know, f- yeah. oh God, that's, um, like I said, the way... Um, Characters play just like you know, the guys like Fruit Loop, his, his screws are loose, mm-hmm. and that's the most dangerous person because you can't reason with them. Oh, yeah, you're just there to play their game, and you may think you're getting somewhere. Because uh, I always love those type of movies with serial killers, knowing that somebody tries to talk them around, and then they think they're getting somewhere, and then just flips back. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's the scary thing, it's like. Dealing with a really dangerous predator, and if you poke it the wrong way, you're gone. But it's this this person's already decided what they're doing to you, and you're not going to change them. Then they want to play the game for a bit. But yeah, so he brings down the food. Then he goes up and leaves the door. Yeah, I, I, that shit. I was so fucked up. <laughs> that was a refrigerator door too, wasn't it? What's that? Was that a refrigerator door? 
That's what it looked like to me. It looked like a... Because he said he soundproofed the place himself. Because he told me he could scream all he wanted. And that actually looked like a... You know, the catch. It was actually a refrigerator door. Like, how much work? Has gone on this. You know what I mean? The serial killers are dedicated. You have a gift from that. Right. And they all seem to be engineers. Well, and especially, like, after um, he starts talking to the different kids. Um, and let's see. What was... Uh, Vance talking about the hole in the wall. It's like, this motherfucker rebuilt a wall like this guy's handy as shit mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah the first phone call uh was actually bruce mm-hmm. oh yeah that was the first night he was in yeah we had the phone call sorry i'm jumping ahead yeah so he was uh yeah he he picks up the phone he's like you almost got me you know that that line from the thing i can't remember my name so it's playing on the whole when you leave your body, your corporeal form, your you know, I mean, you you start getting lost in the ether, which I thought's as an interesting uh, topic in terms of paranormal. You know, what are ghosts, mm-hmm. and why aren't the place just littered with them? You know, is it the connection, and that's why ghosts haunt certain places and stuff. You know, it's it's a connection that keeps them sort of bound, but once that connection's lost, that they, they dissipate, and that was played right. So yeah, Bruce rings in the night before, tells him about the floor tile. Yeah. And he said he nearly got out, you know, he was starting to dig, dig through. Yeah, he was telling him to try to, you know, be fast about it and get underneath the foundation. Yeah, because you have no time, you know what I mean, you're running out of time. But it's the second time he brings the food down, leaves the door open, the phone rings again. And it's yeah, Billy. Billy. Yeah. And was it Billy tells him that the grabber can hear the phone too? Because remember, he picked up a phone. Sure it was set up early on. Um, yeah, because the grabber talks about... The phone doesn't work and got really angry with him, you know, even for touching it. I heard it ring once and it scared the living shit out of me. Yeah, he said electromagnetic, but... Yeah, this is the point where... Uh, yeah, Billy rings him just as he's about to go. And he's like, "Don't! it's a trap, it's a trick. He wants to play naughty boy, you know, he wants to beat you. And he beats you so hard and he doesn't stop. And that shit, man, like, the, the the ghosts, fuck, dude. Like, it straight up reminded me of The Sixth Sense with how just brutal and not really shown, but shown very fast uh, they were. It just, God, it was so effective. Yeah, because we don't actually see a ghost until, um, is it Griffin? Or is it... No, it was Billy. Did we see Billy? Yeah, um, because he was the one that got beat down the stairs. Right, yeah, because remember, we don't see we don't see Bruce. Yeah, we don't see Bruce. We just hear him. Yeah, we just um, hear him. And with Billy, it's like they're having the conversation. Billy appears twice. That's why, isn't it? Doesn't Billy appear twice? There's one of the ghosts appears twice, rings twice. Yeah, I, I think it was him. God, man, see, trying to remember a bloody movie when you're yeah. <laughs> you've only watched it once. This is um. Yeah, sorry folks, you were expecting like super professional thing, but this is this is the way you do. This is a ex- professional thing. You haven't watched the last three years of this fucking podcast. Yeah, so get the fuck. This is um, this is two blokes who just haven't watched the movie and we're trying to remember the whole thing. And this is like any conversation ever when you're like, oh, I fucking remember that scene. That's uh, and that's the beauty of us because we'll we'll we can go back and forth. We'll watch this and when it comes out in DVD, I'll be getting it for four K and uh, there'll still be more to unpack. I'm like, oh shit, forgot about that, but. Oh, yeah. So much going on, but yeah, Billy's the one who warns him about naughty boy, and even the way he describes it, 
was like really scary. Yeah, and I think it was uh, Griffin that went a little bit more into detail about uh, what. No, it was Billy. I think the second time they talked. Billy rings twice because it's the second time that we see Billy. Yeah. Isn't Billy the one that floats? No, that one was Griffin. Is that Griffin? Yeah, because he was pointing out uh, where he... Oh, where he put it in the wall? Yeah, that's right. Shit. That shit, man. That build-up. Just a little... I jumped. Just going... I jumped. It got me. It got me. Like, I... Uh, <laughs> it's been so long since the jump scare got me. Uh, it got me. I'm like, holy shit. That I love that. Love that. That's the thing. Like there were, a, there were a few jump scares in here, and yeah, I, I almost got God every single time. No, Griffin got me. Um, yeah. So after Billy warns him about Naughty Boy game, then we see that the grabber's up there, fucking shirt off, like proper mm -hmm. pedo territory, <laughs> like with a strop, just waiting to go for it, and you're like, Whoa. yeah. <laughs> let's yeah, um, sure. yeah, because in between, let's let's talk about Max. This is my only gripe with this show. Like one, that character, Max. Mm -hmm. So we'll have the police going door to door. And we know it's the Grabber's mm -hmm. uh, house. And Max answers the door. And he's like, yeah, yeah, come in, come in. And he's got this whole conspiracy theory stuff laid out. How, the f how does this all go on? You not realise, you know... I thought it was Max was, but I knew the character, you know what I mean, I knew the actor, I've seen the interview and stuff, so I knew it wasn't uh, the grabber. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, who the hell is this dude? Yeah, I thought that was... I'm like, I was scratching my head at first. Context, it was a very interesting setup, but then to find out that it was his brother, it's like, oh, okay, so he's not just some coked out fucking crazy guy. Yeah, and even the way the police, like, that's, uh, wouldn't happen today, because police are more interested in policing tweets. And fucking call. Did you hear about that? Um, don't know over here. Mm -hmm. So a comedian went to a comedy show. Or a comedian was... Uh, people went to a comedy gig. Mm -hmm. And one of the audience phoned the police and the comedian. For saying donkey dick. And the police actually fucking got involved. What the fuck? Seriously. Can you not swear over there? Here's the way the world's... And that's why this film's going to fucking disturb a lot of the snowflakes. And they're going to be melting all around. So, this comedian, I don't know the joke, I don't even follow the comedian, um, but he, he gave it routine, and somebody in the audience decided it was so offensive that they'd ring the police, and the police actually got in touch with the comedian, and asked him to provide a statement and context for the joke. It's a goddamn joke, that's the context. So... That, what the fuck is wrong with people? <laughs> this is how weak... That is just pure fucking weakness. That's why I love this movie, because it's showing an actual brutality, which today's generation would not be able to handle. No. Like, honestly, uh, fuck, uh, people, uh, this is why it's going to blow people's mind, because they're going to watch this, and they're just going to freak out, and they're not going to be able to deal with it. Mm -hmm. Because that's this how is weak... going to be one of those things that when it's shown on television, every time it cuts back into, or just after a commercial break, they're going to have to have the disclaimer of disturbing... Uh, yeah, disturbing images. Yep. Um, blah 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 blah. It's gonna be a paragraph. It's gonna. Fucking Obi Wan series, and it's like, why? It's a Star Wars thing. 
Wars is a part of it. War is brutal. Like, what the fuck? Who this shit needs those kinds of warnings? It's stupidity. Utter stupidity. Now, that's why this this movie is... And it shows how principal director is. The fact that he walked away from a Marvel movie of the same born old shit. He's like, I don't want to make this anymore. This is fucking crap. Yeah. <laughs> Sick of this fucking boring, milk toast fucking guff. And I want to do something brutal. And fuck, he did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely got that. Uh, they made them a right decision. But back to, what the, back to my point. The police, because they're hunting a serial killer... Because I think they know it's a serial killer, you know what I mean? There's no if, buts, and maybe, you know, they haven't found the body. The same back, the coke lined up on the table, and the, the cop's just like, you might want to clean that up before your brother gets home. Yeah. He's like, yeah, a police today, but that's what they'd arrest him for, and they'd arrest him for fucking jokes and mean tweets. Like, the police are not capable now of dealing with actual crime. Right. And no only reason well, crime figures... You look at, like, the last school shooting that happened over here. They all fucking head outside. The fucking cop showed up and just were like, I don't want to go in there. We might get shot. So a bunch of kids got fucking murdered because they were too big of babies to fucking go in and do their job. They did that with the one previous as well, didn't they? I, I don't remember. I think that they stood outside for two hours before they even went in. Like, police are fucking cowards. You've got the worst. It used to be police were all ex-squaddies. At least over here anyway. I mean, you basically came out of the army, you went under the police. That was kind of the trajectory. Mm-hmm. So... You had fucking six foot two fucking paras and commandos fucking policing the streets and then kids got a slap. You know what I mean? If you fucked up, you got a slap. Told them not to do it again. And I kept the, you know what I mean? Kept the, the pace because you know if you go too far, they're coming at you hard. And that was that whole thing. But now, because there's no consequences and then people are, all the sniveling little shit weasels are like, he hurt my feelings, I'm calling the police on you. Because they don't like what they're saying. But meanwhile, fucking... People won't call the police over a burglary because they know it's no point. The only reason they call the police is to get a reference number for insurance, but people now, that's why crime figures are going down because they like, won't ring a police because they're useless. This scene where he's like, Yeah, I could do you for that, but I've got more important things right now. You're nothing to me. You know I mean, there's fucking kids getting kidnapped. Get, get your shit sorted out. Yeah. Just letting them know. And he's like, Oh shit, stupid, stupid, stupid. You know. Yeah, that was fun. That was, the, that was the only real bit of levity, I think. No, apart from uh, Gwen talking to apart Jesus. Apart from fucking Gwen. Like, she was... The Gwen-Jesus conversations were absolute hoot. Yeah. But this is the only other bit of levity in this. That was fucking hilarious. Like, just calling them on their shit. Left and right. Like, fucking brutal. <laughs> yeah, that we are. Uh, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, she's a hero, definitely. I'm glad to give her enough of a story arc. Because there, there was a danger here with the balance that they were going to maybe take away from Finney's story to elevate her or push her back. But the managed to complement the two storylines, her investigating and reaching out and doing it her way. And Finney trying to struggle and get it through his way while everyone else is just kind of spiraling as usual. You know, the world's still going on. So the police are still actively trying to search. You know, at least one thing... They didn't try and show the police to be complete morons in this. Yeah. They showed them actually interested in solving crime. Mm-hmm. Which I think you need a bit more of. But like I said, the dipshits have hired now. It's never going to happen. They need to actually rehire the entire police forces all over the world. Because they've just had too many dickheads in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that won't change. You know what I mean? Systems are systems. But when you've got dickheads, it doesn't matter what the system is. 
Um, so the second bit, uh, the third phone call, because this is the kind of way the story's broken up now, is these phone calls is another stage of the plot, another stage of the story. Um, we'll get the Griffin, like you're saying, God, he was, uh, first he's telling about the, he hasn't been sleeping, he hasn't been sleeping, you won't play Dottie Boy, he hasn't been sleeping. Yeah, yeah, what's I got to do? He's asleep now. <laughs> it's like fuck. You know what I mean? That that was so well done. Oh yeah. And that god man, that was just so fucking suspenseful, that whole scene. It's like he's going to wake up at any fucking second, dude. But uh the combination, can't remember. Uh it's so I'm hard to keep a grip. Do you know what I mean? These kids are literally fighting to stay in the space. To basically get this guy dealt with, or at least save one, you know what I mean? That's their whole reason, but it's getting harder yeah. each time. So, if the grabber remains successful, these ghosts will dissipate, you know, that's just the way they're, they're fighting to stay in the physical realm, which I thought was amazing. They're showing this struggle, even with the kids after they're dead. Their ordeal isn't over. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's trying to remind mine about the lock, and then that's where you, that's the bit you see the dripping and pointing. Mm-hmm. It's like, fuck. You know, it's just so... So well done. Oh, yeah. And then that, even that whole scene where he actually does go up the stairs and then Finney realised what was waiting for him if he had it done the first time. Mm-hmm. This guy's just waiting to fucking pummel on him. Oh, yeah. And it's like, holy shit. And that whole scene with him actually creeping, there was actually suspense there. Yeah, that was, that was terrifying. That was... It was like, oh, my God. He's going to turn his head. Or open an eye at any fucking point. And we know it's going to happen too because the story isn't over yet. Mm. And then it's the dog barking. Yeah. Which then that's that's a bit you realised. It's the same house. Mm. And it's like, the fuck. And then that's when I start thinking, no, this can't be Max and... I thought Max and uh, the grabber were the same person. And maybe they're using a different actor to represent a different personality. You know, that's, but I didn't think it was like that because it wasn't done that way. Because if that was the case, you'd have them having. I mean, you never see so you having a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he's doing the lock, and then he just bolts out of the house. Yeah, that was that was intense. It's like holy shit, he's actually gone. And then the dude just comes up on him, fucking hits him with his car, and then pulls a knife on him. Actually bumps him with the car, like he doesn't mess about. It wasn't a stupid, I hate these stupid chase scenes. Where you know the killer can catch, you know what I mean, easily out sprint and catch the other person, and then they do all this shit, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. The fact that you just say, fuck it, I mean, it reminds me of Terrifier, actually. Because art yep. doesn't fuck about. No, no, not at all. He's not, you know, he, he plays about a bit, but when it comes to actually, okay, this is getting hard, fucking gun comes out and he'll shoot you, he doesn't care, he'll fucking drop something on you, he just won't, you know what I mean, if it gets to the stage where he thinks, I'm not going to win this, fuck it, you know what I mean, <laughs> not playing anymore until it gets over. That's what I was, that was the, the feeling I was getting from this, but he just, like, he just whacks him with the car. <laughs> yeah, that was so good. And he's like, I was And he was so damn close to getting away, and that was, that was another part of it, it was just so fucking just brutal like he's right there there's people standing at their doors trying to figure out what the hell the yelling well hadn't the, they turned the lights on but they hadn't you know i mean they were getting the point of looking out but they weren't seeing anything nobody had actually opened the door yet mm-hmm. if they opened their door that could have been it. that's all they needed somebody to open their door mm-hmm. game over yeah but no that's uh and the intense you know i mean 
Once again, it's a child actor with an adult playing out a really physical scene. I it wasn't one of these. That's another thing as well. It's not one of these fucking twenty-six-year-old children that put in high school movies. Mm-hmm. It was actual proper child, which is you know you don't see. Yeah. Like normally they're fucking they're hitting thirty and they're fucking <laughs> they're playing high school kids. You're like, yeah, I'm not not feeling it. Hack away. But this was actually a child actor and an adult and fucking that was an intense scene. That's another one. Just with him on the ground and him like the knife to the throat and. I'll gut you right here. I don't care. I don't care if I get caught. You know, you're not getting away. You. You would fucking strangle you with your viscera. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't care about getting caught. You know, and that that's the most frightening thing. If somebody's not on the lose, but you getting away is more important to him than whatever happens to him afterwards. As long as he gets to kill you, you know, that's fucking hell. That's that short scene as well. Just, uh, just brings out the the malevolence. You know, in the the brutality of this killer. Oh yeah. Who takes pleasure in what he's doing because there's no if buts or maybe he takes pleasure and he's getting frustrated that he can't move on to the next point and then the bit where he goes i've got you now naughty boy you know he's like glee happiness that he gets to move on to the next stage a fucking evil i mean this is um and i don't like using the term evil it's so overused nowadays mm-hmm. but this guy oh, this, definitely is evil. this guy is pure evil there's no there's no excuse or reason you can't. This guy's just pure evil and fucking relishes in what he does. And in that scene, the fact that he's naughty boy, I finally got it. Get to kill you now. Get to fucking do it the right way. You know, so excited. Oh god, it's like. Oh, well, and even like the end. Like he's like, you know, usually I try to make it fast with you. I'm gonna make you suffer. It's like, god damn, he's like really getting into this. Yeah, I, I, I'm. Um, well, weirdly, yeah, but there's, I'm surprised something didn't happen, but I think that would have been too far for this, but it was fucking gross to proper, like, fucking rape and stuff, you know what I mean? You're, mm-hmm. If he had a, I wouldn't have been surprised in this movie if he fucking horsewell into him. Yeah. Well, and it was, like, sort of hinted at this whole time, like, there might be a sexual aspect of this. Yeah. So, no, I mean, that just builds up the tension even more. It's just like, oh, fuck, mm-hmm. this is a proper, this is what Freddy Krueger could have been. If they hadn't watered it down. Um, so after that, he's uh, he just straight out fucking decks him as well, mm-hmm. and knocks him out. You know what I mean? He straight out fucking punches the shit out of him. Just fuck you, doof. <laughs> Kid. Yeah, I like. Pretty brutal. <laughs> this is uh, I can't say it enough. Fucking amazing to see that. You know, just that level of shock of holy shit. Mm-hmm. Now, I hope they don't overplay this. This is a. Uh, Standalone movie. This is um, you're gonna to need to pull this out of the bag once or twice. You need to go and do something else. Don't overuse this. This can't become normal because mm-hmm. that's the whole point of it. So shocking. Yeah. Not normal. That's that's the whole point of the horror. The horror is fuck. This is wrong. You know what I mean? That's that's what uh, horror is all about. Making that wrongness inside. You're like fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't thought that in so long. You know, in the movie, just actual holy shit. Yeah, he knocks him down, and then um, this is for the story. Um, this is the only thing; it's hard to describe. But this, the stuff of Gwen's still going on, but we've kind of described. There's nothing new happens. She just gets more pieces of the puzzle. Yeah. So it's well, it's difficult to talk about in this setting, but in the movie, it, you know, what I mean, it doesn't break. 
but there's nothing new. She keeps getting more pieces of the puzzle. The, the house, some of the ghosts try and visit her, but they can't talk to her directly. Mm -hmm. And it's not like a figurative merge, like it's a literal merge. Uh, um, we get the, the fourth child calling, uh, right, it was the fourth one. Bounce. Uh, yeah, so that's when, uh, oh yeah, it was the third one. So yeah, that's when Vance starts talking to him. No, he's the fourth he one. saying like nonsensical shit. And then we find out later that the nonsensical shit is Finny is catching the conversation between Gwen and Vance. Um, in her dream. Yeah. And that that was fucking crazy. This, that's what I said. There was such a danger that this could just spiral out. You know, the three plot lines could just fucking spiral out or become a convoluted mess. But holy shit, this is so tight. And that's where the timeline, you know what I mean? Because we're, we're getting a wee bit of separate timeline because mm -hmm. Gwen's operating obviously this plane from a different angle. And she's not getting, it's not like 100%, you know, Island straight, but yeah, Gwen's reaching out. She's actually starting to get in touch. I think Vance is the first ghost, and it shows as well because he's not a nice kid, he's a fucking hoodlum. Oh, yeah, you know, I mean, we go back to that scene, and uh, because when uh, oh my god, Finney, <laughs> wake up, Colin. <laughs> when Finney's talking to Vance, he's like, I was afraid of you. And that's what I think, fuck, if you got you, what chance do I have? You know, you're the tough kid, and then you see the whole scene with the pinball machine, he just wails out another kid. Mm -hmm. Like, on the spot, and gets arrested. Like, holy shit. Like, this yeah. this, this guy's not going after, he's not particularly... We don't know how he's selecting his victims, because we get no insight into the killer whatsoever. Mm -hmm. The only thing, I, like, it kind of just seems like it's convenience. Opportunity. So he's just going after kids and that's another thing about this movie because you know why they always try to explain the monster and give a reason for it and stuff I, I'm sick of that mm -hmm. just having a monster for the sake of it you know and you don't hear about his poor background or why it's you know, just this is just a guy picking on kids and it just happens yeah, to be don't, you don't need it no it's this just shows there's more than enough storyline going on here without that as well that would have just complicated matters mm-hmm but the fact that they chose a tough kid as well as the smallest ones, there's no in-between or method or they don't all share a trope. And that makes it even more horrifying because all kids are in danger and not just particular type. Yeah. So, you know I mean? Don't hide all the redheads, if that makes sense, you know, because that's, that's not the way it works. Anyone's in danger, but then see Vance and he's like losing it. And yeah, the first conversations are like, He's not talking to Finney. He's actually talking to Gwen. Yeah. And that's just so brilliantly done. And we didn't get it at the start. We thought he was just, you know, just so full of rage and anger. And he was the first one that was caught. Is that right? Because don't, they don't ring in sequence of when they were caught. Vince was actually the first child to go missing. So you actually think that he's the one lost reality more because he's been the longest. But no, it's actually something else going on. Yeah, and then he tells him about the wall. Um, that was actually a hard scene. Because we'll actually see uh, Finney, and he's just digging for his life. And he's been piling the dirt, putting it down the toilet, and making sure it doesn't clog, and being really smart. And for a kid, really pushing the boat out. You know what I mean? Ingenuity that he's shown 
is above that of anybody his age, but he's still a child. Which why I'm saying I'm sick of tired of these thirty year old children, high school kids, you know, the, the movies. Because yeah. it just is not believable, but this kid really sells it. But when he gets through the refrigerator Oh my god. I, it did. I'm like, holy shit. I actually was invested. That's what, and it's been so long since. Normally, any other movie tries to do this, I'm just like, yeah, well, there you go. And yeah, it's going to happen. But that's how it's genuinely got it. So he digs, yeah. digs through the wall into the back of the refrigerator, the freezer, and gets through, and then he can't get through the door because that's their sealed. And you're gutted. You're like, oh, fuck, that's all right. Well, and then he loses his shit, too. Like, that's like, yeah, no. Really, bud. Like, I'd be there too. Yeah, just fucking that. That's a bit of broken. Just fucking. There's no way I'm getting out of this. Because he'd already tried to climb. Because it. Um. Who told him about the phone cable? The cable? Was it, it was Vance, wasn't it? Uh, he was taking out the cable? No, that wasn't Vance. That was, uh. Finney told him about the floor tile. Um. Was it. I think it was Billy. Was it Billy was doing it as well? Yeah. Is that why I was twice? I mean, another call back. So, warning about the Naughty Boy game and then was telling about the cable, was trying to get out. Yeah, all this is slotting into the, the final act. Do you know what I mean? It was so well done. Like, even the bits with the ghost, it wasn't just contrived. You d We couldn't see where the plot was going or how he was going to eventually, if he was going to get out, because this movie could have went either way. Oh, yeah. I mean, you just don't know. Everything's working, but at the same time, circum you know, I mean, the way this guy's built this setter and just, he's not even doing anything. He's just built the setter in such a way that that's it, you're you're screwed until he decides what he's going to do. Um, police have already been there and moved on, so that that aspect's gone with the police coming back. Man, and that shit, that was so fucking disheartening when she finally figures out the house number, everybody shows up, and there's nothing there, really. Yeah. It's just like, oh, oh man. <laughs> but then, of course, the, the one cop sees that there's a basement. And then that's when it really just all fucking goes to shit. Yeah. Um, that was weird. Uh, but like, after he breaks, I mean, this is where Robin tries to pick him up again. You know, Robin calls. I'm going to see this whole, all right, step back, do this, do that, fight, you know. Picks him up, gives him motivation. That, I mean, the fight the will. At, at that point, Finney was just giving up. He was just like, fucking kill me, I don't care, I'm done. You know, and we've all hit the wall. We've all been through physical stuff or things in life where sometimes you just hit the wall and you're like, I'm done. Can't, can't, nothing more in the tank. So I, I felt that. That was really, um, that scene I think was the hardest for me. Where he just gave up. Mm -hmm. I think that was the hardest scene yeah, where he just, fucking, I, I was with him, you know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> And as for Robin, and the fascinating thing about Robin was, he's a tough kid. He's like brutal, you know. I mean, we saw from the fight, we saw the, the sort of calculated way in which he does it. He's only the tough kid because he feels like he needs to be because he doesn't want to be bullied. And unfortunately, stay in the top game. Once you become that, you know, you become a target because somebody else wants to take your spot. And he's just accepted that position, but he's actually a current kid, yeah. and he wants to get on with life, you know. Because even when he asks Finny for help with maths. You know, I mean, he, he's humble as well, so this is a good dude, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So he's just the right sort of character to come in at that point and then pick Finney up again. Mm -hmm. 
And then this is where it starts to accelerate. This is the last day. This is the last phone call. This is it. If you don't do it, you're dead. No, I mean, that was... Oh. Yeah, I was pretty goddamn intense. Yeah, and I was with it. That's the thing. This is the first movie in a long time where I've been with the plot going, it is the last day. Is this going to happen? I don't know. I, I figuratively, I can't figure this out. I can't guess. I miss that. You know what I mean? I'm not able to guess the ending. I've no idea where this is going to go. And you're with it with the tension the whole way around. And then Gwen, the ghosts are starting to like really push. Here, here, come. Uh, come get me, you know. She finds the house, rings the place. The fact she's able to ring the place in there. Well, and shit, the way she like finds it, that was, that was the scare that actually got me. The second one, yeah. That's a, two jump scares. Or just right there. Yeah. <laughs> that was the other one that got me. Uh, like I said, this movie got me well, twice. That was hilarious, too, because it was like... The ripple effects in the audience like I, you just watch everybody jump but it's like <laughs> it's going down the aisle. I didn't because I had a fucking whole set about it myself there was like 12 people and you couldn't <laughs> I didn't give a shit about them after. And like, yeah. there was like 3 rows before someone else was even in the seat <laughs> there was only like 3 people and someone over there I'm just like oh, I'm loving this shit and then they the put an ad up in the cinema as well, but you can book the, the entire thing for 180 quid. I'm like, no, I'll just keep going to horror movies in the afternoon. <laughs> Save myself a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> How can live with this? Um, I, I, I did that once. I, I, I took everybody to go see Gremlins for Christmas as a work gift mm -hmm. or work party. That was fucking fun. I, I kind of wish that uh, cinemas here were still doing that. Yeah, um, Chad time we went to see, uh, we booked out our place, um, for Vampire Hunter Day. Mm -hmm. That was a fun night. I, god, man, I miss that theater so much. Oh, is it gone? And, what's that? Is it gone? Uh, well, so the original owner ended up selling the place, and then, uh, some dude got it right at the beginning of COVID. Ah, oh, uh, shit. So, that's about as far as that's gone. Oh man, I don't, I don't know if it's ever gonna come back, which is a real shame. Cause yeah, that was, I love that place. <laughs> God, that was. Um, more people need to know that's that's just a fun night. Just fucking. <laughs> yeah. God, I was more of that. Oh God, I was so drunk. I actually lost time. That's a worst that been. I'm like, I lost time from leaving the cinema the next morning. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I I don't remember getting home that night. Oh, <laughs> uh, I remember speaking to Adam going. Um, did, 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 did you just get the stuff out of my house? What what happened between... And he's like, do you not remember? I'm like, no. <laughs> oh, I was working next morning too. I was fucking bits. Like, I, I should have got sacked that day. I was still drunk and work. Yeah, that just, was... Uh... That, that's where you find the reserves and you're pushing through. Because that was, that was such a fun night though. But um, That was so good. Well, especially because it's like, oh no, the other movie we were going to watch, we can't watch it because Cameron's VCR broke. Well, do you guys want me to put on a uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show? Fuck yeah, we do. And did he? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's what it just descended into chaos. <laughs> yeah, that was that was when the party fucking happened. Yeah, that's when you need to honestly, folks. If you have mates, rent the cinema. Honestly, if you can, rent the screen. Someone lets you bring your own booze and stuff, and just oh, it's such a it's, it's such a, a fun experience. And that's what we were saying last year as well, you know, before things started opening up again. Just so miserable, just something was missing. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, there's something about going to the big screen and that's why I hope people don't forget and support your local cinema because it's a different experience and people need to remember again what that's all about because this movie as well I'm glad I saw it on the big screen first because mm-hmm. the next time I watch it will be just to pick up plot points and go over it but having that experience of the big screen and the sound which yes you can replicate in your home but if you've got neighbours you can't if that makes sense <laughs> yeah unless you invite all your neighbours around which would be a bit cramped in the living room but you know what I mean yeah you can't replicate the experience and that's what the mu- the music wasn't was very subtle in this mm-hmm. the sound effects were very subtle but it was enough this wasn't a flashy bang bang CGI special effects type of movie but the atmosphere um, being immersed in the big screen really helps definitely and that's why it got me twice with the jump scares I don't think it would have got me at home if I'm honest I don't think those jump scares would have got me if I just watching on the TV mm-hmm. you know what I mean but definitely in the cinema being immersed and just being along this plot you were just you were with it oh yeah so we're we're getting close to the end now. We're like, um, Gwen's found the house. She runs back. She's got the direct dial for the detective. They all freaking come screaming around. Um, Max is when he plays his second role, isn't it? Because he's like looking at the plot, and then all of a sudden the penny starts dropping. Like this yeah, guy. Is, he, it, it hits, and he's like, "Oh fuck!" It's here. Like, imagine being in your house. I don't know what the... Like I said, we don't know any context. Is he actually just staying over for a bit? Or is this their dynamic? I don't... He must have just been staying over because you can't live in a house permanently and not... Well, that's what he had said, was that he was visiting. Yeah. Um, when the detectives first came in. But I honestly thought at one point it was going to be a second character. You know, it was like a second personality or we're going to maybe see a bit of a... Stuff, but it's actually, no, he's a legit brother of this guy. So, yeah, he's he's in the house. But the fact he's had enough time to set up this big chart and stuff and getting coked out of his eyeballs just makes me wonder how long is he there for? <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? So, we'll get no context. And, but he's, Max is just a plot device. That's it. That's my annoyance about this movie. Max is just a plot device. It's the only contrivance in this whole thing is his character. It's the only better thing we could have done maybe a bit better, but would have overcomplicated things. That they would need just a simple plot device in this aspect to move things along. Yeah, you know, and it's, yeah, no, I, I, I bought his character. It, it was, uh, it was necessary. I think if they would have gave him more story, it just kind of would have been too much. Or if they written them out and tried to do it another way, would have made it more complicated. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I mean, yeah like I'm a bit confused. You know, what I mean? I'm a bit torn about how I feel about him. Do you know what I mean? I, I don't know whether having a, is this a case where because I think we've seen so many shit movies and all the characters are plot devices, where actually having a character just being used as one is a bit of a novelty, and being openly so. You know, this guy's just here to point at things. You know, I mean that that's his only job. Um, okay. But he's the one that discovers the basement, and he's like, "Oh shit!" Goes down and he finds funny. He's like, hey man, do you know the seventies hippie type talk? Um, and then that's where it escalated. Fucking, uh, the grabber was at work. I, I, th- I would have liked to have seen a, a scene with the grabber. I think doing his clown routine. Mm-hmm. 
I think I would have liked to have seen that. I'm actually out with like kids, you know, doing his uh, day job. I don't know. Yeah. I think I, I think it would have been funny to. I I don't know. It. I, I agree. It would have been funny, but at the same time, it's like it adds another level of mystery to him mm. that we don't know what the fuck is motivations are what his uh well we kind of know what his motivations are but we don't know like what his proper you know above ground life is we don't know anything about him other than that he is fucking brutal yeah he's almost like a force of nature mm-hmm. yeah i mean that's um the best way to describe him just like a force of nature he's just not yeah uh uh hard but um <laughs> i just uh like i said i just uh there's so much there you want to grab, but then again, when we're in the movie, it's you want more. You know what I mean? It's just one of these movies you want more. But yeah, he's heading back. He he. You see him going around the department store, picking up his duct tape and his uh, the sheeting and stuff. Which you'd think in that town of Gap, if anybody goes, I know it's a joke now. It's only like fucking appearing with saws and fucking duct tape and <laughs> plastic sheeting. You'd be like, what are you up to? <laughs> but he's just doing it and racing back because he's pumped up like even the fact he's racing back he's not doing it out of urgency he's doing it out of excitement yeah. he's racing back because he's like today's the day I'm going to kill this wee bastard I'm going to really love it um, then that's where the bit Max is there he's talking you know he's just having a freak out because there's a kid fucking locked in the basement and it's all come in and <laughs> oh that just that scene with the axe you know in that grab, axe to the head <laughs> no mess about just thunk he's like and then just to be like you made me do that you fucking asshole now I'm gonna fucking torture you yeah cause what of the kid though cause just there like seeing so uh so obviously the brother I don't yeah they wouldn't have been living together then because obviously he has just popped up and he's just been inconvenienced but it goes to show as well if he's been there for a while did he still go ahead and kidnap the kid before the brother arrived? Because the brothers had enough time to like put a stupid chart and shit, and the, the other ones just sat and let him do it. You know what I mean? Not even got annoyed. Like this is a pure psychopath. This is somebody who's actually psychotic. Doesn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. He's let his brother come in while he's still got a kid, and he didn't change his routine. Um, where was his brother when he's waiting for Naughty Boy? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's you know I mean that's like I said that's why the Max character kind of baffles me a bit because how how's only at that moment he twigged on what the hell's going on? But he didn't last anyway. Like the minute he twigged on, he's like right, fuck you, you can't can't let you live, don't. Yeah, that shit, God, that was so damn funny. <laughs> Let's talk about the dog. Oh my god, that's a that's been a while since I've seen an actual dog has frightened me. Like you know me and petting puppies and stuff. That dog's a beast. Man, I was so nervous. It's like, God damn it, don't do anything to the dog. Don't kill the dog, don't hurt the dog. Just leave the fucking dog alone. Oh, it was the same with the Labrador. I was worried about him, but uh, he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paperboy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that that was I was pretty scared with that, too. It's like, just leave the fucking animals alone. Always, people want to, like, they do it just to push buttons. Like, oh, this is going to fuck you up. Let's kill this animal. But then it has the opposite effect. It comes up. Just leave them the fuck alone. Yeah, in this case he didn't. He's not interested. The, the Labrador was sitting there when he kidnapped Paperboy. Um, Griffin? Wasn't it? Yeah, Griffin was Paperboy. Like 
No, uh, Believe was Paperboy, sorry. Second one. Oh, yeah, Believe yeah, was Paperboy. Um, yeah, and this though, he just, he just basically has it there to make sure he doesn't get out. And then this is where we see the whole plot come together, so he's got the phone, he's ready. Um, he had the whole dug and covered with the, car the carpet. Just, it all played out. And in fairness, like, there's no way the kids should have beaten him. Which is true, because it was, you know I mean, if you had him on head to head with him, he wouldn't have won. Yeah. And the kids still had enough gumption, you know what I mean, the, he had set the trap, he set the trip wire uh, with the cable. So he didn't use it the way the kids told him to use it, if that makes sense. Well, see, I don't know, that's where I'm kind of on the fence, because I think they all knew that if you line up the dominoes the right way, they all fall in place properly. So I kind of feel like... But such a gamble. They all told him that shit for a reason. Yeah. That's where we see it all. Even, even the the grating, the window grating, like, he threw that shit in the hole for a practical reason, like, because he had to hide it, but that was set up so that it incapacitated the guy. Yeah, it broke his... Oh, I was rough as well, so... Like, the facts are minimal. They didn't show much of it. Like, they, they showed just the right amount of like you know ankle bending in but they didn't show like an exposed bone or anything i think that would have just been over yeah they've done really well the effects in this but yeah uh he goes he falls in the hole he's the he gets tripped over with the trip wire and then finney just starts wailing on him with the telephone mm -hmm. i love the way um robert told him anyway to pack the telephone with dirt mm -hmm. like those analog telephones are heavy <laughs> you remember them they're, they're brutal anyway they're a base yeah. but actually packing it with dirt to make it more of a weapon was like that was clever. Mm -hmm. Well, my favorite part of that whole shit was like as he's sitting there choking him out with the cord, the phone rings and he puts it up to his ear, <laughs> and it's it's like, for you. Uh, yeah, and it's uh, uh, God, what's his name? The first kid. All like, yeah, he's got a golden arm or some shit. Just snap! Like, God, that was so good. Yeah, it was. Um... Just that whole scene, like it was still, it didn't take away. All of a sudden, um, Finney didn't turn into like a super martial artist. He was still as he was. He just had more confidence, and he was using what was already in him. That was the whole point. Of this it was actually he was going through the furnace. He's going through the crucible, so to speak, and getting smelted into something new. Um, just so clever. Yeah. But that was the other genius bit as well, because after that was done. You know what I mean? He fell, he broke his ankle, he, he just... Like, the guy still had fight on him, but because of the phone, he was able to actually get some good shots in, and then, finally, when he gone, went to jump over him, that's when he ended up using the cord. It wasn't intentional, but just, it was the only way he was going to get out. He couldn't let this guy go. He, he had no idea, really, where he was, if he was going to get help, or if this guy got away, would he come back from? Most definitely would. You know what I mean? This guy's locked on him, so he, he kind of knew it was fight or, fight or flight, so to speak. You know, he had to... And this guy. Like, imagine doing that at that age. That that's the only way forward to get out of this. <laughs> right. But yeah, um, even the digging the hole in the wall into the back of the freezer made sense. Because he had the dog chained up so he couldn't get out. So, guess what? I just defrosted some steaks last night. <laughs> Isn't that convenient? <laughs> right. Like, it's just the way... Was it pieces of the puzzle did they know the whole game or and that's what the supernatural aspect is so that's kind of like 
or were each of these guys trying to get out in their own way and this was all meant to happen? So they formed pieces of the puzzle, so they almost had to die for this guy to end. Do you know what I mean? There's so many questions, you know, and just beautifully, um, that's, that's how you know you've got a good movie, is you're asking questions about it and you're still thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not just walking out going, huh? Which... Yeah, and that's, that's something that's really lost on modern storytelling is answering every question. It's like, not every question needs to be answered. That's why you get fandoms. Because fandoms speculate over a movie and what it means. And that's where the conversations happen. And that's how your movie goes beyond the opening weekend. Because I think a lot of the things are like, oh, must get the opening weekend. It's like, no, you're still going to make money off this. If this movie's still around in 20 years' time and people are still buying the fucking DVDs, still buying the collector set, or networks are still banned to put it on. Do you know what I mean? That's, the people are so tunnel-visioned, and these, these idiots in Hollywood, that they think it's all about the opening weekend, and they think that's it, that's all the movie has to do to be a success. Like, no, sometimes businesses don't make profit for a year, two years after a project's done. A manufacturing firm sometimes don't see the profit until like the next fiscal year, and they put everything in the first one. You know, it's that's reality. These fuckers just... Uh, and that's why they make so much shite, but... It's now happens to the opposite effect. People are just switching off. Like, this is the first movie in a while I've actually been emotionally involved in. <laughs> right. And I, I loved it. I genuinely loved the experience. And that's it. You know, uh, yeah, he throws the stick up the dog. He goes out. Gwen's there, like, across the street. Like, uh, there's definitely money to be made in the old uh, serial killing clown game. Like, uh, keep two houses in the go and one just empty for your bodies. Are you getting feedback? I I just broke up for a second. All right, yeah, I thought that. I was just getting you, like... <laughs> I was saying, um, when he comes out of the house and Gwen's are on the opposite side of the street... Oh my God, dude, that shit was so just... That was a heavy fuck there's all the chaos of oh my god we found the kids just everybody's rushing in and she never lost sight of what the hell she wanted and god that was just so beautiful and then for her to just be attached to him the whole fucking time like not letting go of him mm-hmm. as the cops are getting in the way man that was yeah. even the scene with the father that was a um, that was a really good scene mm-hmm. I mean the, the bring the father and he just breaks out in front of them just begs forgiveness for everything you know, it was like seriously. That was like the heartwarming ending that it should have had. <laughs> it was so, so goddamn good. Yeah, um, can't say more about it. It was just, uh, just so well done. The fact that he even came out, you, you knew he was changed. They actually got the character. And then he stepped out of the house. He was a different boy. Mm-hmm. He had now went from boy to man. You know. He's he's being reforged. He knew he's just he's not the same. Same kid anymore, which you can't go through something like that and not be changed. Right. I, I hate these movies where they go through traumatic events and it's like they just brush it off. What was that one we watched with uh, the girl going through the Inquisition? And she got brutally tortured and then fucking was round fucking sword swinging like 10 minutes later. We reviewed it like, what was it ages ago? one of the first ones we did yeah fuck I don't remember do you remember she was captured by the inquisition and they were torturing her for being a witch and they'd actually done the fucking egg thing where they'd actually shoved it and fucking like brutalized her 
and then ten minutes later she just she got and she's being starved to death as well in bread and water. We talked about it. Yeah, I don't. And she just shook it off, and then she's around fucking fucking ninja flipping and fucking beating the guards up. Yeah, I, I'm drawing a blank. I don't. I'm oh god, I was. Uh, no, I mean those sort of movies, I'm pissed off with. Because you don't go through that and not change. You know what I mean? And you actually see the change here at the end of this. And then even that bit. They could have ended it there. Mm. But even that wee bit of him walking back into school again. Was worth. It wasn't a wasted uh, scene. Yeah. Because they're like. Oh, I heard he did this. I heard he did that. And he's like not telling anything. He's just like. Nah, you no longer matter to me. And the three bullies are like. Knocking near him. Yeah. Yeah. No that was. That was funny. And then the, the final scene of, hi, Finny. It's Finn. It's like, yeah, there's the there's the change. Yep. That was it, man. You know, um, fuck, I love this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love this movie. It was so, so good. It actually, it's been so long since I've actually been emotionally drawn into something. Mm-hmm. I've missed it. Um, I've missed... That, that actual being invested in the plot. Suspending disbelief and just stepping into a journey for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. God, I hope this is the I hope yeah. this is the pendulum swinging back. Same, because it's like we really don't get highbrow, for lack of a better term, story, except for with, you know, like A24 type stuff. Um, and I mean, this is Blumhouse. This is as... I guess, for lack of a better term, like as dumbed down as it gets. So, like, it mm-hmm. was, it was nice. It was refreshing, and I hope that they start going this direction with stuff. You can have a mix. You know, what I mean, you can have your popcorn flicks because mm-hmm. sometimes you need a bit of that. Just switch off, but you know, uh, in the horror, you've got your slasher movies. That's what they're for. Just a bit of dumb fun, mm-hmm. have a laugh. But you need something to actually get you invested. You know, what I mean, that's you need different experiences yeah. going, going to movies. That's the whole point of the experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm just tired, and this is what I've been banging on about for ages now, that it just mm-hmm. lost its way. I really hope this is just coming back. You know, we've seen some improvements this year with some of the stuff we've watched, mm-hmm. but I don't want to be that person that just goes, oh, everything was better in 1980, and I'm never leaving that decade. Do you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not that type of person, never have been. I don't want to become that type of person. Yeah, no, it's fucking me. <laughs> yeah. I want to go and see new stuff. I don't want to remember what was good and bad about the old stuff. Because not everything, as we've <laughs> demonstrated many times, is not uh, this jewel in the crown wall I thought it was. You know what I mean? So there's some shitty stuff put out there over the years. That's that's just the way uh, it goes. But we need more of this. Definitely. Please. And I really hope this movie does well. It'll be interesting to see how it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll, it'll be interesting to see the fallout as well. Because I know the, the sort of weak, flaky types... The Scream fans, you know what I mean? They'll not like us. Be too complicated for them. Probably. Yeah, Scream fans won't like us. They'll be Or, uh, what else is... The Final Destination types, you know what I mean? They'll not enjoy us. Yeah, yeah. I like Final Destination. Okay, yeah, but it has its... Um, it's stupid and it's fun. Yeah, it has its place, but the, the people that expect that's all horror is are not going to enjoy this movie. They're going to be disturbed yeah. and I actually felt disturbed and it's been such a long time that oh, it's a really uh, eerie feeling of uh, an actual just stuff on a screen especially when you watch 
when you're involved with horror for so long, it's you can become immune to it. So it's good to actually have a movie comes in and goes, "Whoa, <laughs> you're not you're not as good as you think you are." Whack. Have some of that. Um. Anything else to add? I think that's uh, I think we're really. Uh, we talked about this movie longer than the movie ran, so I'm pretty sure. We yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right, well. Thanks very much, folks. Um, hope you enjoyed this. Um, we certainly did. Uh, go check the movie out. Seriously, it's well worth your time. Go see it in the cinema. Definitely. It's, uh, see it before it comes on. Get out there. It's worth. It's worth a night out. I'll see, and you'll you'll really have a good time. Yeah. Right. Um, I suppose I just need to say thanks to June's contributors: um, Christopher Locke, Eugene McLean, Brianna Mallock. And Mark Tullius, uh, thanks very much, folks, for uh, contributing to our other segments. Uh, of course, if you want to check us out, folks. Got our YouTube channel with loads of other platforms. Um, go to our website; it's all there. And until next time, keep it creepy, keep it horrific. <laughs> <laughs>